0: Right, well, I don't want to have to buy a fucking theremin, so.
1: I know what that is. that... I know what it is.
2: Isn't
1: that called some sort of, like, scope? No. A theremin? Yep. What's the one called where you use your hand... theremin. And- <laughs> I'm sorry,
0: man. It's what it's called. <laughs> I could have, I could have let you continue to describe the theremin. I mean, that's not how you spell it. You've written the Roman. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join us as we hurtle through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. Andrew. Let's get stuck into
1: it. Man, you sizzled hurdle. Thanks, man. That, well, that word took forever to go.
0: <laughs> I
2: don't
1: know whether I should say thank well, you or I'm sorry. Um, what we watched this week, boy? Uh, we watched a little indie film that I hadn't really heard about uh, before, which was called Captain Fantastic. Now, this was yeah. a listener request from friend of the pod Beck. Beck. Thanks, Beck, for suggesting this one. Uh, It came out in 2016. Actually, thanks, Beck, for suggesting this one. I'd never heard of this film, and spoiler alert, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, there's a lot of times when we thank
0: listeners when we mean it wholeheartedly in a disingenuous manner. I've never meant it before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Yeah, I, um, I, I really enjoyed this film as well. Uh, so I'm really glad that she suggested. It. I think this is the quickest turnaround we've had on a listener suggestion to so like, fuck man, what should we do this week? Uh, <laughs> yeah, really <laughs> helps
1: when the listener suggestion is on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: If you if you time it for a week when we haven't currently planned or what we're doing, then mm. I think it was like mid mid conversation we were having about like what should we do, and Beck's
1: like, but ping,
2: yeah. Should... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sweet,
1: oh, sick one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Also, it's a bit of a quiet time at the cinema. At it is a little bit. I've heard that If Beale Street Could Talk, quite good. I'm mm. keen to watch that. Now, see, I really loved Moonlight, same director, but this looks rat shit. It looks I've heard, so boring. I've heard it's
0: good. We like the last director. Mm. But the
1: trailer for Moonlight was vastly better. I don't know if they just fucked the trailer or not. I have. I mean, I don't uh, like. I don't like. We don't like trailers anyway. Remember? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. But I distinctly remember being a lot more excited for Moonlight than I was for the trailer for Beale Street Talk. It just looks like people having a conversation for two hours about a topic that isn't interesting.
0: I've heard the score is cool. I listened to a film podcast where they were talking about the score and just the idea that it really complemented the scenes quite nicely. And it seems like it was inspired by the scenes as well. Right. Like there was a reviewer that said, "I think Mark Komo on that podcast we were talking about the other week." Um, maybe off off air um, talked about how he thinks like the score couldn't exist outside of the like, without the movie right somehow like it seems like it's so like intrinsically tied into the production of the movie itself and like it complements the scene so well like man he must have been inspired by this scene okay. directly and significantly in order to make these tracks look I'll probably watch it um, but I'm just saying that's, I mean I, I think you're right that's the only other film I can really think of that's in the cinemas at the moment that yeah about. no no got no Cold, col- cold, cold it looks cool <laughs> as well we might go and see that
1: <laughs> boy <laughs> boy Mm. So, Captain Fantastic. Captain Fantastic. This came out in 2016. Starring uh, Viggo Mortensen. Is this, is this back-to-back Viggo Mortensen movies? It is, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love this guy. So uh, Now, his accent in Green Book, a little bit... Uh, ridiculous? Very, very one-dimensional, very on the ropes sometimes, but... Um, His accent in this was fucking flawless. Dude, you know... He played an incredible performance in this. Maybe everyone knows this because his name is fucking Vigio
0: Mortensen. But you know this dude is is not American or British or anything? Yeah, he's Danish. Yeah. Dude plays the most believable accents. He speaks like nine languages or something absurd.
1: I mean, Danish people seem to... I have no evidence for this claim. (laughs) Danish people seem to... uh, Oh, hang on! We've just received news, guys, <laughs> from ding, Oscar ding, clicking ding, ding, on a ding, ding. link. to Viggo Mortensen was in fact born in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, but he grew up in. <laughs> I think he absolutely did not grow up in New York, but. Mm. Uh oh. Uh oh. Viggo Mortensen, an actor of unknown okay, origin, he moved. <laughs> so apparently, he grew up in New York and then moved to Denmark, mm. and. Worked there or lived there for a fair while. So his father, w- oh, okay, his father Man. was Danish, mother was American. I so
0: distinctly remember two minutes before the theme music played, saying, "Let's not get bogged down in characters. We are now literally discussing." <laughs> I at think this is interesting for people. Viggo Mortensen
1: moved to Denmark. My conception of Viggo Mortensen <laughs> is that he was absolutely one hundred percent Danish. Well, like, I had the same
0: he grew image up in a in German my head. castle and just freak one day watched an American TV show. I was like, I could do
1: Z X M. No, him and uh, Jamie. Lannister from Game of Thrones. I had as being the the two in fact I was just about to use the example of him being like the two Danish guys that can do accents really well what's but apparently fucking... he's fucking cheating. Well that fucking
0: Schmorgen Heckengard dude, he he does he does great accents.
1: My god. Sorry, well, yeah, I don't think you're aware of what you just said.
0: <laughs> what's, what's the name of the Game of Thrones guy?
1: <laughs> Jamie Lannister.
0: No he's the actor it's 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 something I don't know.
1: I'm not getting bogged down into details. <laughs> it's something that might as well be Schmorgen Heckengard. It's <laughs> sure <laughs> we'll, we'll run with that forever <laughs> so <Sorry. laughs> he's <a> fucking idiot. <laughs>
0: Welcome aboard, Beach Station. <laughs> <laughs> reset, reset. <laughs> um, so it's written and directed by Matt Ross. Yeah. Who I'd never heard of before until I saw his face and realized he plays Gavin Belson in Silicon Valley. Yeah, so I've and, seen and this motherfucker.
2: For those of you who psychopath.
1: haven't seen it, um, it he plays yeah an, an absolute psycho and yeah. someone who is basically only fueled by anger. Mm. Um and it, it, the, the it just I've seen him spend a lot of time on screen being a an absolute asshole yeah and crazy. It's, it's really and, funny and, that and, then he kind of has turned around and has written and directed something that is so heartfelt so emotional and like charming nuanced really
0: soft yeah yeah, he, yeah he's he's only really directed and written one other movie so he wrote and directed. Captain Fantastic The only other film he's done As a writer-director Is some film I've never heard of Called 28 Hotel Rooms so It's as a far as sequel
1: like... to 28 Weeks Later <laughs> <laughs>
0: So should we start off With a, a brief description of the film So it's set in sort of The woods In some US state That doesn't matter I want to say a, Pluck a state out of, out
1: of nowhere And say it's like Wyoming Or some shit but I, uh, it It's in uh, beautiful uh, National parklands I yeah. think and like so... Forest basically
0: a, a a father lives with his fucking in seven kids of or some Pacific shit.
1: Pacific Northwest.
0: Yeah, he he lives with like seven young. His his seven yeah. young children in like a paradise looking forest somewhere in a national park. They built up a little community for themselves. All these little sort of straw huts. Yeah, they're those they people
1: go, that decide to like live devoid of any so, yeah like on like the, the fringes of society. minus religion. Yeah, so devoid of any kind of technology or mm. um. Yeah, su-
0: surviving off the land. Yeah, he homes he homeschools them. They go hunting. They learn to live off the land. They go foraging. They uh, do like physical training and martial arts training every day. The kids in the film, the characters, and for all I know, the actors, age range in age somewhere between sort of four and like twenty. Yeah, and it so seems like there's a fair span. There's yeah. a broad range. Um, it feels a lot like a coming of age story, and I really liked it in that way. Yeah, and I, I
1: think, think the the age range of the kids helps a lot with that because you yeah. can get you can get uh, children at every you get, like, all slice sorts of, of perspectives growing up. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like it's like they gave the the brief to seven different writers to to write, <laughs> and they all came in together. The guy's like, oh, so of course the kids four, and they're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, mine's mine mine's 11 oh, Mine's mine. 12 Mine's 14 You're like I will just Mash these mine scripts Mine was 20 Well that's not <laughs> a fucking kid Daryl But we're not going to hire Another writer You fucking idiot <laughs> Um, And so they, they live this Sort of very hippie Kind of very lefty intellectual <laughs> kind of existence. Yeah, um, Viggo Mortensen plays. He, I think he, he, he seems like in a past life he would have been like a university professor or a scientist or something. He, um, um, he sets all his children obscure books to read. Like he's got like his ten year old reading like Noam Chomsky or some shit, so and f- he's got his fourteen year old reading like uh, books about quantum theory. And they sit by the fireside and chat about what they thought about. Whatever fictional book he set them to read, like they have high standards academically. Like the daughter might have to describe the plot of a book, for example, to the rest of the family around the fireside, and um, they pick her up and say, "No, no, you have to, you have to give us your, your, your analysis of it. I don't want to hear a plot summary. I want to hear an analysis." Yeah, what, which what might be relatable for a lot of
1: our <laughs> 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 But yeah, they um, I analyze everything. So straight out the, of the gate, the, the re- sorry. The reason why that's interesting is yeah. because. Uh, um, not because of anything you said, <laughs> but uh here's the key to unlocking the interesting in that. Yeah, thanks. Um so it, it, it starts off uh, with a very I'll say tribal for lack of a better word. Yeah. Uh ceremony of him It kind of feels like Peter Pan kind of thing. Yeah, Peter Pan. A lot of um a lot of just yeah, I, I don't know. I uh, think it's
0: Peter band mixed with the Ewoks from <laughs> from Return of the Jedi or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah,
1: it starts off with a hunting scene, basically. But then yeah. what I was talking about is immediately afterwards when he... Uh, so Mortensen's character like, kind of uh, announces to one of his sons in a ceremonial fashion that the boy is dead and the man is born. And he gets him to like take a bite straight out of animal liver. I think it might be might, maybe Native American... Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't as know. As a it
0: feels like it looks like like a, an initiation coming of age kind of right. ceremony. Right.
1: And so you get that and you think okay this family lives in like purely in a survivalistic sense and they probably yeah. you know hunt and farm sustainably. They're and all so, covered in mud and camouflage and they've just right. like
0: tackled a deer to the ground and stabbed it.
1: Yeah, and so you assume that they've kind of got that sort of um, hunting gathering lifestyle, right? But, I see what you're but going. But then immediately after, and and so you, 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 as an audience member, I don't know about everyone. I I would assume there's a pretty common reaction. You assume okay, so they've divorced themselves from society, and, and they, they might actually, be
0: slightly backwards in somewhat societal kind of way.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, without trying to get too Eurocentric, but Sorry, yes, yes, uh, b- <laughs> they might not be scholarly. Um, yeah. But then it immediately heads you off at the past by pulling exactly that move, saying no, 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 fuck you. These guys are just as educated as anyone of their age, if not a lot more. Yeah. And um, and it's a really interesting dynamic because to get a little more into the kind of midsection of the film, um, and we'll have to jump back and explain the main complication at the start, but yeah. um, it that actually mirrors the midsection of the film where um, they're introduced to more of these kids' extended families who live uh, a yeah, like much more conventional American lifestyle, and they kind of see these kids and they definitely view them as, like, savage and, and um, devoid of, of civility and of, like, certain... You know, they're, they're like... They're not learning properly. They gotta go... To, you gotta take them to school. Yeah, you can't just be homeschooling your kids in the woods. Exactly, and, and it's like, well, actually, if, if what you're after is the ability to recite facts, these kids are vastly better at it than, yeah. you know, they, they they think more about this kind of stuff. Anyway. He gets his
0: 10-year-old so, kid to walk into the room and recite the Bill of Rights, and then give an analysis of the Bill of Rights. Yeah, because
1: the kid starts reciting and he's like, no, no, <laughs> and the other don't kid's recite,
0: like, interpret. The other mm. kid's like on his PSP or like iPod yeah. Touch or whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs>
1: um, jumping... I, I just thought it was interesting that um, it made you, or maybe not made, but I think it kind of baited you as the viewer into the same trap uh, that the family... Actually yeah. goes through later the storyline the same line. way
0: as the rest of society probably does in the story, right? And yeah.
1: it's kind of saying, "Hey, you've just been through this process," which makes I think it makes the viewers a lot more sympathetic to yeah. the the family. And so when you get this external, extended family brought in, and they're very like set in their set in the ways of like conventional civilization, you're like, "Well, I've already seen that they don't actually have the issues that you believe them to have." So. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting narrative decision. Yeah. So the main complication at the start is that um, this family is being raised by Viggo Mortensen and uh, there's a notable absence of a maternal figure and you find out that the mother is in a mental health
0: facility, I believe. She's been in hospital and for like has been the for last really month. Long time. Yeah. And all the kids are like, when's mum coming mom home? When's mum coming home, yeah. They've been living together with both parents and the mum's now been away for like a month or something.
1: Right. And I, I think... We're going to have to do a spoiler alert like reasonably early during this one.
0: I mean, I think this is probably in the trailer because it's the whole point of the film. Okay. I don't right, think this yep. is necessarily... It'd be tough to do you the find rest of out the, within movie. the Yeah, you find out within the first 20 to 30 minutes about the complication that drives the story for the rest of the movie.
1: Which is, I mean. <laughs> if you're going to go and watch it do it now, that they find out that their mother kills herself. Yeah. Um, and the family is extremely... Uh, displeased with the way that Viggo Mortensen's chosen to yeah. raise the family so like
0: v- Viggo Mortensen's in-laws um kind of hate the idea that they all their grandchildren are living this hippie
1: delinquent lifestyle out in the woods they it's think it's not like I mean in a way it is hippie um it's but definitely like, hippie. They wear yeah, like I don't even know what the fuck they wear, like, hippie actually means tie dye
0: and do like tributes to nature and like I think it's it's supposed it's to not give you this hippie so much as it like It seems like this very sort of sixties flower children kind of culture. I
1: didn't get that as much. I got way more of like a a tribalistic um nativist kind of living off the land style well, yeah well I think thing.
0: that that inherently to me gave those kind of vibes and I think like right at the very start yeah, of the okay. movie that's like that's
1: interesting because those are two very dimorphically opposed things Well, I think hippie very, culture came from western well, culture I,
0: I think that like, maybe I'm using the word hippie in a very broad kind of sense to sort of more in a vague sense trying to represent the sort of morals that Viggo Mortensen and his kids have but yeah like, so he's instilling a strong like, yeah. appreciation for and love of nature so like yeah. right at the very start of the movie even like it shows you through like I thought this was cool like the way all the so it starts with these sweeping shots of of the, the National Park or whatever it is right. and there's these really saturated green colours mm. I don't know if you noticed that or maybe maybe my TV's broken but no. <laughs> all these really saturated greens and like all these close up shots almost like a David Attenborough documentary of this deer Right before it gets killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's like a huge emphasis on nature and their position in nature and their love of nature. And I think that that inherently to me gives these kind of old school, retro kind of hippie kind of vibes. <laughs> Especially since they're all dressed up in these colorful
1: kind of outfits. I would argue, without really having an educated perspective on one, that the like appreciation for being in that. Natural landscape probably resides a lot more with native inhabitants of the land than it does with people who yeah wouldn't have lived there, but like were politically motivated. If you get what I mean, because I think the the hippie thing was sort of a countercultural movement. I mean, hippies, hippies didn't live in the woods and, and raise their kids shit. in the woods, but yeah. I just
0: I just mean you get that kind of you get that kind of idea of like the way in which they um the way in which they live their lives and the attitudes they sort of have and the sort of peace loving. Kind of like they sing uh they sing songs around the campfire. Like, all I meant is for the audience, for the listeners listening to this, you get that kind of vibe from the film, like the mm-hmm. kind of folky, peace, hippie kind of people. Yeah, they seem like th- that kind of pacifist kind of lifestyle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Not to harp on about that specific point for too long, um, but yeah, well, you, it's you kind get of all these a center point
1: of the family, mm. which are a center point of the film. I think it's, it's an interesting debate to yeah. have. Um, we, I, I, I kind of just my 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 interpretation after i kind of finished watching it was almost yeah. that he's more like a like a a sort of um classic romantic yeah in the way because he's very uh intellectual in like his va- he values intellectualism very very highly um but i think he also has that really strong like opposition to Technological development because of what we lose as part of our humanity and as a maybe, result of maybe that. Maybe that's
0: why I got this retro kind of vibe to the whole thing. I think you're lack the lack 260 of two hundred and sixty years out of <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? It's, I just, it's this timeless kind of thing. Like it's not as if you can specifically place it, but like they're trying to replicate this exact society. It's not like an Amish thing. It's just this kind yeah. of it's a very the film itself is a very kind of romanticized, almost surreal kind
1: of I think hippie's just an interesting lifestyle. place for you to come to rest on that because it's, like, I think they're so much further back than that. But I get what you mean. By hippie, yeah. I don't mean they're living their lives like it's 1969 and they listen listening
0: to the Creedence Clearwater Revival.
1: But I mean, that is I mean sort of, that, of like, what a hippie is, right? No. I think hippies are pretty localized in the middle of the 19th... or the 20th century.
0: Yeah, well, I just mean that it's that kind of... that kind of philosophy is the kind of philosophy that they seem to have. It's all I mean. I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to contradict you or come up with any sort of, like... Fucking time period That they're yeah. living their lives in I'm just saying Like you get this kind of philosophy This kind of folky hippie kind of Hippies didn't
1: hunt <laughs> oh my God. No I Yeah I don't know I, I'm interested in why uh, the, <laughs> That you got such a strong vibe off that
0: I'm not To be honest I didn't I mentioned it as this side thing yeah. And you've been very specifically Needling me That like Why do you think Hippie Huh Why 1968 February 12th, where were you? I'm like, oh, God. No, I just didn't I'm, think about the word I used. I'm sorry. I'm trying to argue
1: for what they are. <laughs> I agree with you. Which I think, is I think like, what you're yeah. saying
0: is very similar to what I'm saying from a sentimental... The sentiment sure. of what you're saying and what I'm saying are equivalent. Yeah. People get the idea. They're like, oh, my God, we get it. Um, and so the first 20 minutes of the movie really do sort of... It's just sort of this documentary-style depiction of the sort of lifestyle these people have. You see them sort of... Um, doing the homeschool sort of shit they're doing and doing the hunting and sort of um, living in these little makeshift huts that they've made. And they have a little library and they have this like camp bus uh, Winnebago sort of thing that they're sort of done up with bookshelves and beds and all sorts of shit. Um, And it sort of doesn't really... There's no real sort of movement in the story as it sort of sets up this world that they're in. And then the mum dies and then you're like, right, we're off. Yeah. And you sort of get... I think one of the most interesting things about having all these different characters, like all the different kids, is that they all sort of bring a different perspective to this lifestyle. So you literally have like the, you look at this 12 year old boy who is one of the children and he, he looks like the sort of kid who's like listening to Green Day and like hates his parents or whatever. But he's doing that within the context of like living in this like forest community with his family and no one else, by the way. It's literally just his family. Mm. Um, and so he hates it, and he hates his dad for ever bringing him out there, and he blames his dad for his mom's illness and all this other of shit. And then you get like the uh, the younger, uh, the older daughters he has that love it, and they're really into it. And then this like the oldest, the oldest, the eldest son Bode is one of the main kids. So you so you could almost sort of forget that the other kids are even in it as sort of background character, So the most Bode, the main character, who's sort of twenty, definitely a focus. Um, He's like yeah. a focus on it, and so you see sort of him almost sort of aging out of this forest lifestyle and wanting to go out into the wider world and really sort of experience the world
1: at large and be better integrated into society. Mm. He's sort of gotten all he can out of this world. I think it's pretty early on that we find out that he has been applying to colleges and that type of thing. So he he does want to participate in the the normal process. Yeah, and I think...
0: That, that's I mean, maybe that's why I sort of got that kind of Peter Pan Neverland kind of yeah, to sure. Is it. it's, it's just that like this whole world kind of represents this childlike wonder mm. and this childlike appreciation for nature that no one really has these days anymore. You feel like and yeah,
1: I just I just I think I really connected
0: with it in a way. I think it was really cool.
1: Yeah, the, the, that 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 sort of gets to the meat and bones of what I really valued about this film, which is that it it. Um, I think it was a pretty direct analysis of um two diametrically opposed lifestyles. Um And I think they were very definitely exaggerated in the
0: film to make a point. If you know what I mean. Like no uh, one's I mean y- yeah, no in, one's in living a, in, in a the a woods and reading Noam Chomsky. And well, in a way like a majority of people aren't necessarily living the closed off, closed-minded. Your kids have to go to school, kind of Attitudes that are depicted. I he's think sort fucking of, lots of people yeah, are. Yeah, I, I think he's harshly contrasting, not harshly, he's starkly contrasting to, as you said, very, very uh, strongly opposed sort of lifestyles. I societies. would
1: argue that he is inventing a hypothetical family yeah. with Vigor Monson's family because I would agree that not, there's not many people doing that. Yeah. Um, but I think the way that he reflects. Um, uh Vigo Mortensen's wife's family because they're the ones that are kind of the I'll say antagonists but that's not a fair betrayal we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um in this film I think he portrays them very realistically. They yeah, are 100%. But I mean I don't think it's exaggerated. I think that the way that they like they're Right.
0: They they react very realistically to the surreal situation that he presents. Yeah.
1: So yeah. he's not cre- he, like I think that uh Matt Ross isn't widening both ends of the spectrum. I think he's chosen to um he's chosen to say, okay, this is a pretty conventional, I think they're close to like upper middle class. Yeah. Um this is a very conventional upper middle class, uh middle aged to approaching sort of sixties couple. And the rest of their family with like all of their kind of, now all of their blood lineage is choosing a completely different lifestyle. Yeah. And the film asks a question, who, what are the, what are the differences between these two things? And why is there a difference? And, and, And why do we choose so much that, first scenario instead of the second scenario so spoiler warning we
0: probably want to talk about some of the
1: later stage parts of the movie yeah um, I think so, so because if you really want to see to this, make I my really, point.
0: Yeah, I think it's really worth seeing Yeah, because it's a wonderful movie and there are some beats that you don't really want to have spoiled you on the podcast? Yeah,
1: I guess yeah. I should say that. Like, I think this is actually a really great movie. It's on Netflix. It's really easy to watch. Yeah. I, I it, it slipped past me completely. I'd never heard of it, so mm. I, it's fantastic. Um, I would uh, equate it to having similar tone to Little Miss Sunshine, absolutely, and Swiss Army Man. If you've seen yeah. that, it feels like that same sort of um, uh, well-written. Family dynamic. With a whimsical kind of tone but, to it. Yeah, with something thrown in the mix that makes it really interesting. But it's yeah. also really well made. Anyway. Yeah, right. I think what I really got out of it and what I really enjoyed about it wasn't just that like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we all spent more time in forests? It's like... On a more conceptual level. We choose to live in a very arbitrary set of rules, mostly because we're born into that arbitrary set of rules. I never really thought about it like and that. And breaking right. that mold is so shocking that... Um what actually happens in the story is that the westernized couple end up using institutional violence in the form of police to intervene in the lifestyle of these other people. I think that the yeah the the, the way that the westernized family then chooses to intervene in that lifestyle because of what they see to be necessary values and the fact that that lifestyle kind of is so starkly different and incomprehensible to them. It's really a commentary on that kind of attitude and that opposition to
0: what people perceive as like normalcy. So yeah, that it's it's like a commentary on how silly it might be mm. to look at something that's different and be like, oh, it's different just because it's not like my my the way I kind of live. Yeah,
1: and I think it sort of just blatantly asks a question about human progress in yeah. a westernized setting. So it, it it's sort of asking, okay, yeah. You and this happens at points in the film where kids get kind of kids show that they are uh they they live a lifestyle that carries a lot more risk than Mm. um than a a, a normal westernized
0: kid would. Like the father gives them
1: weapons for like Christmas. Yeah, and he teaches them how to use them. Yeah, um, and they probably have like better weapon discipline than most people in Western families would have, right? But, um. They also like one of them gets quite badly injured, uh, climbing up a rock face. Now he's like um, harnessed in, and I've done that type of thing on school camps, you know. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have probably but gone it's rock like climbing. A father of seven
0: taking his eight-year-old kid rock climbing. Yeah,
1: and then uh, you know, and that's their lifestyle. And they, you know, one of the one of the comments is like, all of your kids have bruises and cuts, and he's like, yeah, we all have them. Everyone like that's yeah. that's that's what this lifestyle means is and that your body gets used and damaged. And, yeah. and I think it's really the, 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 the thing that I most valued in this film was that um, it it looked at those two things in direct comparison and it said, okay, we've clearly acknowledged as a broader society that the, the sort of westernized, more developed nation style is better. Yeah. Why do we think that? And we're looking at the flaws of the other... From the perspective of the first. And I think a lot of the flaws of the other actually aren't necessarily inherent flaws to that. It's just that if you don't conform to the westernized perspective, then you can't integrate. Yeah. Right? So, one of the main issues that the family has is that um, these kids don't go to school. And it's sort of like, well, the kids only don't go to school because the school doesn't teach them what the father thinks is important they end up learning more anyway. Yeah. So what it actually lacks is socialisation. But the only right. reason that they're outcast from society is because they're choosing this different lifestyle. Yeah. So it's sort of this perpetually self-gating Like specifically progress. his kids don't have any social
0: skills in the film because they're living in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that,
1: some of them have social skills, but they don't, they, they've never been outside of their own family unit. So it's very difficult for them to understand what it was like to grow up in this other society.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's a scene where Bode, the oldest son is in a situation in like a caravan park where anyone else would have flirted with this girl that's there and he just sort of does nothing and freaks out and walks away. Um, yeah. And starts to question his whole sort of upbringing and the way that his dad has brought him up. Because you've seen him previously in the film really sort of loving it in a way. Um, in a more broad sense, what you were saying, I never really thought of the film like that before because I, a few of the problems I had specifically with the film that sort of broke me out of it and thought like, oh, maybe I couldn't recommend this film to people because of these reasons was like... um. Just the idea that I think that some people might have found it grating to have these, like, precocious kids who clearly have, like, the intellectual level of, like, a 30-year-old writer. (laughs) Um, Mm. Like, we have these kids who... Like, there's literally scenes where, like, the joke is that the 10-year-old kid understands quantum physics. And I thought, like, oh, come on. But looking at it the way you're talking about, where it's less about this sort of lefty propaganda piece... Or it's less about like, oh, look how smart I can make my kids be. And it's more just about an analysis of people's attitudes towards different societies and different cultures. I really love it more looking back at it. Yeah. Just the idea that like from an even more broad context, you were saying like how the film talks about different cultures. You could even say the film is really just about how... So you've got like the conventional people living in cities and the family living in the woods. Neither of them can validly judge the lifestyle of the other because neither of them experienced it. Like, the people that live in the city have quite valid complaints and criticisms of the forest lifestyle, and vice versa. And neither of them have a very valid, like, holistic analysis of the other's culture and the other's society. Right. Because they have no sort of proper perspective on it, and they haven't been brought up in that way. And I think you could definitely apply this sort of philosophy and have this sort of exact same film be set with a family living a completely different lifestyle somewhere else or have, like, the main city and a completely different culture in any one of a thousand different ways. Yeah. And I think that, like, it's just... I mean, maybe maybe Matt Ross personally has picked the family living in the forest because he was personally interested in that kind of uh, single dad teaching his kids all about philosophy and that. But you could really have this story being told in a hundred, one of a hundred different ways and the underlying message is still the same.
1: Yeah, but I think it would also feel like a very different film because... Um that sort of
2: at Absol- least no, absolutely in, it would. yeah
1: y- yeah I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you saying with what you're saying it's an interesting thing i hadn't thought about that that kind of like well what if you took out the the slide card of the family living in the woods and put in mm-hmm. the slide card of like a family who grew up in china or something like that yeah um, this is
0: just an interesting like exaggerated hyperbolic way of making that point in right. an interesting way like because you've had that whole culture clash story be told a hundred times like a family from america and a family from china or whatever and so i think having this beautiful surreal world the family lives in is a really interesting new way
1: of doing that here's a buzzword juxtaposes so it juxtaposes these two families with each other um and you sort of immediately get this quite strong sense or at least i did this quite strong sense of like what the pros and cons of each lifestyle are yeah you know it's sort of like well okay one of the pros of you know technological development say take the internet right these kids don't yeah. really i don't think they they are given internet access no not at all um, and the, it does also throw in this question of like right well how old how ethical is it to make that decision for your child and yeah how, how ethical is it to pull them out of mainstream society and put them into this other situation before they're old enough to understand what a difference it is and anyway um so they don't have access to the internet, which means they're lacking. Even if you do value that intellectualism, that scholas- uh, sc- sc- scholastic development, yeah. Um, y- the internet is the greatest learning resource we've ever invented as as a species. Yeah. And so you're kind of denying them that, but you're also saying, right? Well, you don't ever. You, you won't even ever have the opportunity to waste your time on social media. And as someone who's had it, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, right? Yeah. The interconnectedness of the internet is excellent, but the way that that's been capitalized is terrible. And so th- w- what you immediately got, or what what I immediately got from this film, was this strong sense of like, right, well, let's keep that. Let's get rid of that. Let's keep that. Let's get rid of that. Let's keep that. Let's get rid yeah. of that. Because these two lifestyles, the, the shocking thing about the movie is they're actually not fundamentally... Mutually exclusive. And neither one is obviously better. No, but you have to lose elements from both and keep elements from both. So, like... Teaching people how to live sustainably, that's a problem that we're encountering. Well, the, I mean, we've been encountering it for a really long time, but we're about to, it's about to blow the fuck up. It is about to be the greatest crisis that we've ever seen as a species yeah. is, is climate change from the way that we've been using the planet unsustainably. And so that's a relevant is, issue at the moment. Right. Never a problem that native populations of countries ever encountered, right? Yeah. For two reasons like human population and use of the land. Yeah. So if you keep that, but you say, okay, fine, but now that we've developed... Like, developed nations you have accumulated enough wealth to also invest in, like, health research. You have all these technological developments, all this medical stuff, yeah. Right, so Absolutely. it's like, well, what if we keep the sustainable living aspect of it, but we keep the health outcomes part of the other lifestyle, yeah. right? But then, the barrier that the film starts to butt up against, um, intentionally, is that yeah. it's saying, right, well, what would you need to sacrifice to combine these two things? Yeah, And th- the answer is that the people in charge of the benefits of each system won't sacrifice the bad parts of each system in order to allow a merge to happen. Yeah. You have to sacrifice completely one lifestyle or the other lifestyle or you will be accepted by neither.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the most interesting parts about the movie and where I think you'd almost be at a detriment to sort of very specifically say, right, how do we help Viggo Mortensen's family leave in the woods and these kids help play on their right. eye touches? And I just think isn't from work. a more broad point of view, I think the film is really sort of showing the problems that we all have in sort of coming together yeah. and sort of using these exaggerated depictions of these two different cultures in order to suggest and sort of depict the idea that why don't we all just do this. So right. it's like it, it, it's very much like a why don't we all get along kind of politically charged film but, but I it think,
1: answers its own question. Yeah,
0: and I think it's yeah. really interesting we talk I talk every now and then about how I don't like films that very obviously and specifically have a message. <laughs> I think this is a film where it has a great message that's very well integrated into an artfully told story. Mm. We all got the message. You and I both got it. But there was no like Vigia Mortensen never did a piece to camera about how important global warming is. As a
1: side note, I'm yet to watch a film that exhibits the behaviour that you're describing as I a bad think sorry Name. to bother you is painfully on the nose. Nah. And oh, I think that um,
0: Black Klansmen, in some cases, was a little bit on the nose. And I think that some issues might be more difficult to represent than others. I think those two films specifically were painfully, painfully, like, this is a political film. Listen up, Sonny. You don't know what you're talking about. Listen
1: to what I'm talking about. Whereas this film you didn't. is just depicting a story. You're a white guy. You don't know what racism is. <laughs> yeah, but this, this It film, was telling you what racism was. I think if yeah. you found that painful, that's probably because you haven't experienced it. I just, find as it, as I I just
0: found it abrupt and i found it like i found it too direct in a way that is not personally aligned with my preference but that was a crime that we described green book which is
1: that it wants people who enjoy that film want to pilot their own well no you can be critical
0: so the problem with green book was that it wasn't it, it sort of dismissed too much of the problem it could very easily have depicted the problems and the racial issues in that film in a more realistic way and in a more racially sensitive way
1: but you remember that vice author that said that the problem that he had was the film with the film was that it let people experience that issue at their own pace where they were comfortable. Yeah, I absolutely. think that's what you're saying. No, I'm just I'm, you're uncomfortable because of how abrupt
0: it is about that issue. No, I think that this film for example, uh, the Fantastic what's it called? <laughs> Captain Fantastic is very very in-depth and very um deep about the issue that they're trying to talk about. And I think that it also does that in a very artful in a very artful, very specific way where everyone gets it without it being, in my personal opinion, at the detriment to the story. Whereas in Green Book, they could very easily have had a very similar thing where you still have a very specific story about this piano man and the guy without being like, racism is bad, but also very accurately depict racism in that culture and why it was problematic. I think that that guy, Noel, I don't remember his last name, the reviewer that we read about Green Book, his problem was that Green Book kind of trivialized a lot of racial problems that were actually a lot more serious than they actually were. And they kind of dismissed some of those issues as non-issues. I think that you could very easily have made Green Book an excellent film about race by not brushing past those issues, but have it not feel like a film that is a bit too on the nose from my perspective.
1: Green Book was a shit movie. Yeah. Black Klansman and Sorry to Bother You are excellent films by general critical consensus and also by... like audience consensus. And I think the difference between those two things is that one of those films was made by a white person wanting to depict racism at a slow pace that was comfortable for white people. And the other two of those films were made by people of colour wanting to depict racism in a way that sated the experience of people of colour. Yeah. And I think that you're describing that as abruptness when actually it's kind of accurate and fair representation. Yeah.
0: I think I'm not being fair. Black Clansman was great. I think that maybe it's just the satirical nature of Sorry to Bother You means a a satire is often sort of very abrupt like that.
1: I'm needling you, but I think that the reason why I'm needling you is because I would be asking why you think it's worse that something has an overt political message. Because I think that when I'm watching it, it makes me feel like it's
0: first draft. Like, it makes me feel like if they had tried a bit harder, they could have had a very effective message that was equally hard-hitting and equally strong and equally comprehensible without feeling like, there's just a whole scene devoted to telling the audience that message that doesn't move the story along, right? If, if you know what I mean. But so you I feel loved like Vice, which was so
1: on the nose about that. I sort feel of like shit. Vice
0: is almost a documentary. You know, you're right. It's a stylistic, personal, subjective thing. But I feel mm-hmm. like Vice is like almost a documentary style where it doesn't even feel like it's trying to be a fictional movie. It's almost like a a dramatized documentary if you well, know what I mean. So like, just the way it's yeah, presented... Yeah, Black Clansman literally had documentary yeah. footage in it. I just feel like when films have an, a direct... I don't mind if it was a message, I love it. But when films like Sorry to Bother You specifically, I think that it just feels like there are so many scenes where they just talk about, oh, how fucked is this company? that's obviously Amazon for so long that I feel like, yeah, well, you could have given me the same message without sort of breaking me out of the reality of the film, breaking me out of the world of the film, and almost sort of breaking a, breaking the fourth wall... Just to force me to realize that what you're, t- what, what you're giving me is this message. I feel like, but that's exactly I, I, what Vice does. Yeah, but stylistically, Vice's whole thing is that it breaks the fourth wall. Whereas a whole lot of other films, like Sorry to bother you, for example, are accidentally
1: breaking uh, the fourth uh, wall.
0: Yeah, I, in the, that's the way I'm watching it. Like it feels like it's a fictional a fictional film that every now and then tries to relate itself too directly and too pointedly towards the message it's trying to convey and just breaks me out of the world of the film. Whereas Vice is presenting itself from beginning to end as a documentary style film. Are you being broken being... out of the world of the film because it's about race? No. It, it could be about anything. I just can't think of another example. But like a lot of the films I've seen recently have been about race because it's very important. The two films that you've singled
1: out as being bad are two films that have like in in recent memory been the most popular kind of representations of racial issues in America at the moment. And I reckon that part of the reason for your perception that the fact that they tackle political issues in a more overt way, rather than like sweeping the political issues under the carpet of storyline is because they're issues that you haven't experienced and therefore they need to be drawn to your attention to a greater level of salience before you recognise that there are actually issues. I mean, that's probably fair, sure. I mean,
0: um, but at the same time, I feel like this is a... Per- I mean, you know, Captain Van is different because I suppose, you know, <laughs> I've experienced difference in cultures. Mm. But, like, no, I, I, I just feel like when I'm watching a movie, like, I'm a smart man. I could have got it. It's It's not like... It's not like as soon as the it, film doesn't have a scene where like it breaks me out of it, I'm um, be like, oh, that was a cool, that was a cool film about a dude that works for Amazon. But you can't like,
1: experience racism from reading a book. Yeah, but like, I can still. Y- you I can, can't learn I, about it and experience. I can it. still empathise with a character in a film. You can't without having that first hand experience. That's the difference.
0: Yeah, but I, I can still. The whole point of these films, like the Black Klansman thing, is uh, the whole point of films is you're empathizing with the characters and watch them. I could still be empathizing with these characters in Black Klansman and in Sorry to Bother You, without the occasional scene that breaks me out of it in a way that I think adversely impacts the story. Mm-hmm. I think that like <laughs> the way you make it sound is like you have to have this direct overt message, otherwise, no- otherwise Oscar, you're not going to get it. And you're a racist. It's no, like no, I think it's the opposite. I personally opposite. think that I'm going to get it. You can say they have to make it like that so that more people understand it, but me personally, me specifically, if the film was only made for one person and not one person was me, that scene
1: personally breaks me out of it. My argument is that it's not any more overt, but you're more sensitive to it because it's an issue that you haven't experienced. Maybe I disagree. I disagree with you. When you're wrong. But no, I don't sure. want to keep talking just about. an interesting <laughs> yeah. set of examples. Um, but sure. Back to back to
0: uh, Captain Pendesty. My point was he's very clearly trying to talk about how we should all be accepting of different cultures and about how we should all take a look at ourselves and realize the lack of understanding we have of other people's cultures before we judge them. Yeah. But there's no scene where they tell you that, but you get it completely just by watching it. Yeah. And I really a, like that.
1: This is a very good uh, show. Don't tell movie. Yeah. And like, and, and both on a, both on a direct narrative level where you see the individual bits of story progression go like, past really quickly. Mm. Um, but it—it's never it, like there's never direct exposition. It's—it never you never notice the story being progressed. It just yeah. happens. But also in the meta story, where like there, d- there's never an event that happens in order for something else to happen. You know, like it's a it's it's just a very well assembled, uh, great narrative that's really cohesive. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we've talked about the storyline quite a bit. Um, yeah. It's really good. It's very unique. As we've said, it's doing something really interesting with the comparison between between cultures. Yeah. Um, it, it, it It is also... It places the protagonist of Viggo Mortensen right between those two worlds, which is quite an important role. Absolutely. Because he, as you find out, was a university professor, I think, as was his wife. I don't know whether I invented that, or whether it was part of the story. I if think it's part so. of the story, then great. I think yeah. they both worked in academia. And um, if they didn't, she had a similarly... Uh, like both westernized but also educated job yeah and they both made this mutual decision to kind of remove their children from mainstream society and teach them a, a bunch of different value sets and whatever but yeah. having them be that sort of um having them be in that role is really great because it gives a character the ability to point at you and say what your criticisms are of this is not valid because i actually hold both perspectives I am bicultural in this way yeah. and I'm making that choice. Well,
0: see, I think that the interesting thing about the film is the way it gives the audience... The audience is the only one that almost has both an equal perspective of both cultures. I think Viggo Monson has it too. That's probably fair, but I I think that it's interesting because it puts the audience. I mean, Viggo
1: Mortensen maybe, but he's obviously biased. He's he's a qualified home homeschooler. I thought he specifically said he's not. No, he is. He has the certificate for it. At one point, I thought that's his argument. He's like, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm a qualified homeschooler. Like, I even went your way. And I even got qualified by your people to do what I'm doing. And yeah. you, and it's still not good enough for you right, because okay. it's still different.
0: I think it's interesting because because of the way in which it's obviously the audience all come from the society that they're depicting is living in the cities mostly, obviously. Totally. And then you get this unique window into the family's thing. The audience has a reasonably whole perspective on both. On both. So yeah, you get yeah, to watch yeah. the characters playing off each other. The film's funny. The film's charming. I think that it has this... Wonderful tone that feels like a very typical kind of indie folky kind of film.
1: Mm. Um, a lot of the music and it's really cool. Yeah, I was going to say we should talk about a little bit of the way that the film is put together because it's yeah. also really great. Uh, I, I, lo- I love all the music in the film. There's yeah. like a lot of like,
0: like there's a campfire scene where they all sit around and do like a folky tambourines and guitar strumming version of a sweet child of mine. That's beautiful. Um, there's a lot of different arrangements of songs in the film that I really love.
1: That was probably um, the moment in the film that ruined it for me because I was yeah. like, of all the fucking songs to pick at that point in time, God, why? Guns and Roses. Yeah, no, I, I think like that, there are so many more beautiful things to pick.
2: I think but in the in
0: specific of, context that that song is used in the scene, I don't really want to ruin it. Um, yeah, I think that the fact that it's so incongruous with the context of the scene. Is what makes it for me. Yeah, the idea it, that like it, it oh, fitted
1: with um, it fitted with the person who chose that that be the song that was yeah. played because it was again uh, you know it's, it's all it's, about standards of society and what your expectations are. Yeah, and it came yeah. from the society that they've been spending the whole time rebelling against. Yeah, you know, and I
0: I, I like the way that kind of tied tied the movie yeah. together in a way.
1: You're it right, made sense, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, but there are still better pieces of music. You know? Yeah, but. I mean,
0: uh, it, it felt like a very personal touch from a character that you didn't know very much about. It felt like a very personal touch to the yeah. film. And the fact that it was so different really tied in with the whole theme of the film. And I mean, even that,
1: the fact that the choice of that song was a bit of a left turn fits with the character that chooses yeah. to have that be the case. It, it does work. It's 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 pretty good.
0: Yeah. Um, a Bob Dylan's song in the credits. So mm. thank you. Clang, take a drink. Yep, very good. Uh, <laughs> um, I just think overall the tone was very good. And you're right. It does feel like a lot like a Swiss Army Man kind of film where... It just has a very, a very driven and a very unique, and very, cohesively done tone mm. to the whole film. Yep. the whole film feels like it was written and directed and cinemat- cinematographed and scored by like one dude.
1: Also, uh, on that note, everyone go watch Swiss Army Man. Swiss so, Army Man's a great movie. It's a movie about Daniel Radcliffe farting a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's. Well, see, I, I think I must have talked about it before on the podcast. I think, I, it's Swiss, fucking. Swiss, Swiss, it's on Netflix too. Swiss Army
0: Man, on paper, sounds like a dumb movie. We are like, why would I watch that? But the guys that directed it, I don't remember their names. It's the Something Brothers. Who cares? Yeah. Um, said they wanted to make a movie <laughs> where the first fart makes you laugh and the last fart makes you cry. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it succeeded. It's the stupidest
1: movie. I think. Um, it's fucking great. Have you got much else on this? on this film on uh, captain, captain fantastic? fantastic no other than a very sweeping uh a, a a very sweeping analysis of the 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 cinematography and the editing yeah. um and the shot composition which was that i i feel like it nailed that indie film uh feeling without yeah. uh being annoying like a lot of those indie films are you I know think, it, it, yeah. it 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 took its time i think the cinematography with, was unique enough Without yeah.
0: without breaking him out of it and be like oh that's an amazing shot it was yeah the whole way through
1: all of the set design was great like it 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 felt completely cohesive um, yeah and it, I yeah I really liked it. it this was just this was one of my this fit right into my category of like self sustaining cohesive pieces that just exist in their own world.
0: It's a total aesthetic movie.
1: It doesn't matter that it's
0: not realistic, because that's not the point they're trying to make.
1: Yeah, but in a way, actually, it is really realistic. You know, there's nothing in it that happens that's unrealistic. That's
0: what we were trying to talk- I mean, the yeah. whole forest lifestyle. I think that's the whole point that we were... You could do it, though.
1: That's what, that's what I sort of got out of
0: what you were saying before, is the whole idea that, like, the family themselves, the way they live in the forest, aren't necessarily a very realistic depiction of that. But the overall sentiment and the overall message that he's trying to convey is a very realistic, very grounded in reality message. I think, though, it is. And so you get this
1: very sort of grounded impression of us coming from people that live in houses that buy food from supermarkets and shit like that feels unrealistic, but I actually yeah. don't think it is. I think you probably could do that. You know, you'd have to boil water that you wanted to drink in advance. Yeah. You'd have to save it. You'd have to know how to hunt and do it sustainably and whatever. Yeah. So I don't think it is I, I, that and I'm only bringing that up and I'm not being oppositional. Hey. I, I think it's an interesting thing about that. The, the, the film is challenging. You on, is how, Actually, unrealistic is this family.
0: Yeah. I think that uh, I'm trying to think of other like indie kind of coming of age films I can compare it to because I think this is one of my not one of my favorite movies, but I really like this kind of genre. there's There's a lot of little indie coming of age feeling films that this in a tonal kind of way feels very similar to. One of my favorites is The Way, Way Back. Which isn't, oh, yeah, in terms of text. setting, very good, but that's one of my favorite Bob coming Dylan of age movie? films. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it, the way oh, we're I back... actually thought it was. Oh no! It's what not am great. I thinking of? The way we're the way we're back is a one about like a kid who's like fourteen and he who goes the on. The fuck!
1: A f- What's the Bob Dylan movie that's played by seven different people? I'm including not there. A woman. I'm okay. not there. Sorry. You can um, understand. Yeah. How I yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: The way we're back is a film about uh, a kid who goes to like a coast town on like a family holiday and he doesn't have any friends and he sort of gets in this whole weird culture when he accidentally gets a job at the water park. Right. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah, a, it's a might really have been good a listener
1: request. I've heard about it somewhere. Yeah, it's a
0: really good tonal um, indie coming of age kind of film. Mm. I think that another one that's like we're that we're is... We're skipping
1: past a bunch here. Juno, yeah. Eighth Grade. Moonrise Kingdom is another one. Yeah. Um, not a, not Juno, all Eighth on Grade, list. Moonrise Kingdom all feel very different to this film. film. Yeah, that's why I didn't it's mention g- it. No, I, I, I know, but it's... and uh, So Boyhood is another one. Boyhood is now my go-to yeah. coming of age novel. I mean, I've Googled a Sorry. list of
0: coming of age films and I've shown it to you. You've now broken my trust completely by reading out films on this list that I don't have anything to do with the point I'm trying to make, so I'm going to pick my phone back well, up again.
1: Make your point,
0: <laughs> but in the meantime, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to read I'm trying to think of coming of age films that have a similar tone to this, well, so I'm I can give people an the, idea. I'm and you're like, the
1: Mean the <laughs> Girls is nothing like this movie. I'm highlighting Moonlight. The what are you talking about? I'm telling yeah. people that like if, if for anyone out there who's like I've seen a billion coming of age movies, yeah. there's nothing.
0: So I'm talking about the unique coming of age movies. Yeah, I think well, if I had to compare it to coming of quickly. age movies, Moonrise Kingdom I think is a very similar kind of tonal tonal mm. one. The way Back.
1: Kingdom is way more Wes Anderson. Oh, did Wes Anderson not direct Captain Fantastic? <laughs> Fuck, is that why it's not exactly the same? No, but you know, all Wes Anderson films have that yeah. oddly surreal tone. This doesn't have that tone. It to doesn't me it have that did. same, like, oh, really? I don't know, Wes Anderson kind of way, no. but it had, a, it had an odd kind of weird It had a little tone bit sunshine. Yeah.
0: Tone. A little bit of sunshine is another good one, and yeah. the way we're back. I think if I had to compare okay. it, in, in lieu of better than worse than, I think if I had to compare it to similar other indie coming-of-age kind of films that are charming and have this very unique tone. Little Miss Sunshine, The Way Way Back, and maybe Moonrise
1: Kingdom. I enjoyed this a lot more than I enjoyed uh, Little Miss Sunshine. I liked Little Miss Sunshine, but this was really good. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed Boyhood, just for the, like, cinematographic shit that I love. Boyhood made me... Yeah, it was uh, it was upsetting how much I resounded with that film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't think I have a, I don't think I have a good better
0: than West End for this. I suppose I just gave you one. Right. Well, you know, I d- I don't think it would be possible to think of
1: a good one. The segments I not called <laughs> better than better than worse than <laughs> worse than. <mate>. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: usually do do one each. This thing stig- do do nice do do.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. that means poo
0: poo. I'm done. <laughs> done. <laughs> Should we hit it with the news, boy.
1: Yeah, boy. I'm going to make a digital version of that one day. Beef bulletin. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we've got a bit of Oscars news to kick off the uh, beef bulletin today. Uh, there's been a bit of ambiguity about what's happening with the Oscars segments and like why they chose to make the changes or not. So first of all, I've got some clarification on what their actual plan was Great. with cutting down the awards. Great. So they said they want it's too long. No one's watching a segment the Oscars season because it's not too long. Not enough
1: people are tuning into our commercials. They said, let's set
0: it to be three hours long. Right. And then what changes can we make to make it three hours long? Right. So what they were going to do is... Rehe- uh, is, is award those four awards during the commercials and then later in the broadcast edit in the... Highlights. The the, the acceptance speeches. So, like, oh, okay. Here's the acceptance speech that happened an hour
1: ago that you missed. Yeah, cause so uh, really, this, you could say like, best cinematography goes to X, blah, blah, uh, thank you, I'd like yeah. to thank the but Academy. Just blah, the process blah, blah. of reading out all the
0: shit seconds. takes yeah. so long. Yeah. And so... I actually kind of don't mind that. So it's not yeah. that they are trying to get more commercials. It's literally just they said, our show is four hours long. No one's watching because it's four we're hours gonna long. going to cut it How can all. we cut it? Right. And so the problem was really just that it's kind of disrespectful to to have them be presented during the commercial breaks because they're specifically picking ones they think don't matter enough. Right. And so the news this week for a start is that due to all the pressure that they've been receiving from all these big Hollywood uh, yeah, Hollywood names they've announced that they're not going to do that anymore Great. They, they're going to present all 24 awards live on TV when the awards happen next month so they've cancelled that plan to cut those. Two oh they're not two cutting months. it at all yeah so that's the, the trade off oh shit now I said right well if we don't cut that it's going to have to be longer than three hours okay. so they're not cutting any time at all which I mean it's fine but I think it kind of sucks because they're saying no one's watching this no yeah. one is watching this we tra- we had a plan to cut it down and you can't were like no, no, keep it keep it the, the long. No, I don't watch the awards.
2: Well, there's so definitely I want it a to be four hours here. long, that's I, for sure. I think,
1: right, okay, so airing them in the commercial breaks and then having it be cut down is... Uh, saying Just saying, we're going to air them in the commercial breaks, they won't be in the show. That's shit. But if their original plan was to It just to wasn't say, clear when we were reading it before. We yeah, had no idea what's going if on, the original yeah. plan was to say, well, we'll do a supercut of those Later on, after yeah. they happen, and we've had time to like hurriedly edit all the actual valuable bits together. Yeah. that's fine as long as the audience receives those results in a meaningful way. Yeah, that's achieving the exact same thing, really. Because no one's watching it for the like fucking reading out every nominee. Like, just have yeah. them up on a screen. Yeah, I mean, you know? and I can. Yeah, I, don't I know. actually I'm think they've uh, like I I'd rather this than the other option of not airing them ab- at all. But I think yeah. they fucked themselves here. Like, they probably could have cut it down a fair bit. And just done like a an edit of those awards. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I mean, so in uh, latest Oscar news, in the should have asked me. (laughs) In news that's the most overcompensating shit ever. Queen is now going to perform at the Oscars. Yeah, with um, and actually, yeah. it's with Adam Lambert, who is uh, their replacement sucks. singer.
1: Queen's not going to host the Oscars. <laughs> I am um, not tuning
0: in. So the singer is going to be Adam Lambert. For those of you who don't know, Queen's done the the, the most recent one, maybe even two tours, has been with a new lead singer that they found, who did a cover of a Queen song, like American <laughs> Idol right. or whatever. And Adam Lambert, he's actually great. Yeah. he doesn't sound anything like Freddie Mercury. He's trying to bring his own style to the songs. So as long as you can get over that speed bump,
1: <laughs> he's actually fine. <laughs> I mean, you can hot take most Queen fans <laughs> not able to yeah, get no, over that I'm box. not the world's biggest Queen fan but I <laughs> yeah. think that
0: watching the videos online
1: he's fine and entertaining the enough, world's biggest a- Queen fans are baby boomers <laughs> yeah. he's a good showman. they've never
0: gotten over anything exactly so that'll be exciting I'll be keen to see that um, that film has been absolutely blowing up this year I'm sure mm. loads of people are going to love it mmm uh, especially since yeah, episode, most people call, have seen that, movie guess, recently, yeah. that film recently And yeah. have seen them performing Man, I've been watching fucking Rami 20, Malek performing
1: Fucking 2018, 2019 Queen would The perform. year that Queen makes a comeback <laughs> Yeah, crazy <laughs> Never really went away But all of a sudden they're just blown <laughs> the fuck up again
0: Yeah um, There's apparently going to be the first trailer For Star Wars Episode Nine Debuting in April
1: Well, we don't know if it's more than 30 seconds long I am not watching it
0: So, so yeah, the trailer's going to be two hours long I'll watch it. <laughs> watch a two-hour trailer. <laughs> what if the trailer was just a beat-by-beat beat synopsis of the whole story? What if the
1: trailer was two hours long, but the actual running time was two hours twenty? So you miss <laughs> out on twenty minutes of footage. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer cuts like right before. It's like uh, a director's cut. <laughs> I, <laughs> I
0: see like, you dead. Bu- and you're like, oh, you have to pay to come watch the end. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that rocks. It doesn't. They have shootout scenes, but you don't know who dies. <laughs> <laughs> It just
0: blurs the faces. Yeah, yeah, Man. fuck yeah. Oh,
1: that would oh, rock. Christ. Oh, Christ. You, you, you see the start of every shootout scene, but not how it resolves? That I mean, would actually be great.
0: If you wanted to stay in the snack bar for the trailers, you'd be staying there for six hours. Admiral snack bar. <laughs> <laughs> Admiral snack bar. That, That's fucking hilarious. I'm not the first person to make that joke. Oh, never mind. That. Absolutely Um. Not. Next headline. Oh, fuck you, never mind. Yeah, sorry, boy. <laughs> I love headlines like this. <laughs> okay. Chris Evans and Channing Tatum Were almost cast in Avatar James Cameron reveals <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah I almost yeah. cast I almost cast a couple good actors I really I thought, need to do it. a
1: newspaper That's just anti-news <laughs> 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 It's like So uh like China and the UN Almost reached a trade deal Yeah So like, what is this headline? I mean, I'm not gonna read the article.
0: Fuck James Cameron. I I heard someone on the podcast recently talking about how they think it's interesting that like Avatar is literally one of the most profitable movies of all time. It's up there with like Star Wars and all those other, you know, Marvel movies and everything. If you asked the man on the street to name a character from Avatar Couldn't do it. Name a character from Avatar. Couldn't do it. Can't name a character that's not Uh, Jake Sully. It's Jake Sully.
1: That's the main character. Fact, any other character? I'm not on a street right now. <laughs> <laughs> so <gasps> even man. W- Woman in house, man in house. Can't name, can't name character in Avatar.
0: <laughs> yeah, so like, um, who gives a fuck about
1: Avatar? I think it's wild it that James Cameron thinks a, that will give a shit about Avatar. It was such a fucking artifact of its time. It yeah. uh, really, the reason I saw that film was because I heard about the three D shit, and now it's normal three D. I don't give a the fuck. F- the first time I don't give a fuck.
0: The first time Avatar came out, that was the first time that they had like n- what we think of as like normal three D movies, where you have like yeah, clear glasses.
1: Because if you recall, before that, it was Spy Kids. 3D, we <laughs> had to wear like the um, or even the better and red for you real heads out there. Shrek 3D, <laughs> which I personally <laughs> own a copy of,
0: <laughs> where someone just comes and spits in your face when Shrek says,
1: "Get out of my swamp!" Mike Myers, yeah, <laughs> comes and sprays me with a seltzer bottle.
0: <laughs> I love that we had 4D <laughs> films before we had 3D films. I'm
1: hey? seeing um, who out there seen uh fucking ants? No, Bugs Life 3D. Mm. And been really horrified by it. (laughs) I don't want shit crawling under my seat. (laughs) That's 4D. We had 4D before we had 3D. Yeah. Boom. Also, spraying like having on screen a character spray acid and then (laughs) having a seat in front of you (laughs) (laughs) mist you with water. It's ah! like you're like, oh, I'm gonna die. (laughs) My parents didn't tell me that this ride is the last ride you go on. Finally, it's happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I wasn't a millennial yet.
0: New headline here that Denis Villeneuve's Dune is getting a November 2020 release date. Second headline I've got here Jesus is Christ. that... Jesus Christ, I don't know if I'll make it that long, that's dude. Ori- that's originally when Fantastic 3 was going to be released, and that's been pushed. So people are saying maybe that like Dune has bumped Fantastic Beast 3.
1: Oh, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. See, when you said Fantastic 3, I instantly ran down a <laughs> mental alleyway of... The Fantastic Four has a movie where there's only three of them? Funnily enough, the next
0: headline I have is about the Fantastic Four. Jesus Christ. Headline is Fantastic Four director wants to erase the 2015 movie. (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) filmmaker Josh
1: Trank. Don't. Josh Trank. Josh Trank. Don't we all? Josh it says Trank he would quote erase the 2015. <laughs> I haven't seen it. So Josh
0: Trank it's says he shit. would quote gladly donate to a GoFundMe campaign to erase his infamous fa- his own infamous Fantastic Four movie reboot from existence. Now, see, I it's feel such a campaign like impossible.
1: now that I know a little more about how movies are actually made, I feel like that is indicative that it was not his fault. <laughs> I feel like that means that he hated it, yeah. and that means that he had a good idea and that the studio fucked around with it so much that it became a bad idea. Because otherwise I feel like you would have the perspective of like, no, it was great, I just don't know why people didn't like it. You'd yeah. like Zack Snyder yourself or some shit. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm reading straight from an article on Screen Rant here where he says, Trank has also been vocal about his dislike for Fantastic Four shoot <laughs> how his visions for the story were altered by executive veto and how his vision of the movie would have, been, right. <laughs> would have been far superior if he'd been allowed to make the movie he'd signed on for. Yeah. Trank recently made a comment on Twitter that was responding to a post about a Kickstarter that wanted to remove the rat from the end of The Departed, where he defended Martin Scorsese's choice to use the rat in the film. Okay, so the next headline here, Aaron Paul to star as more details of the Breaking Bad movie emerge. It's going to be a Breaking Bad (sighs) movie. It's going to be uh, all about Jesse Pinkman after the events of the final season of Breaking Bad. I don't think I want that. Vince Gilligan's written the script and he's
1: going to direct it. I think that... I want to leave I want to leave Breaking Bad behind. I think, I think
0: Breaking Bad had a perfect ending.
1: I have not watched Better Call Saul because... No. I mean,
0: apparently Better Call Saul is a completely different tone of show. I, I
1: know, but I don't want to watch it genuinely because I'm so afraid of reopening any part of that universe mm. that I just don't want to get into it. Because if yeah. I reopen it, I'm afraid that it's going to be bad. Uh, the initial logline mentions that it sh- it's about the escape of a kidnapped man and his quest for freedom. Yeah, well, wasn't um, uh, so he he escapes at the end of um, spoiler alert for Breaking Bad. <laughs> Pinkman is like in that cage thing. Yeah, the yeah. So that's, the ground, that, right? that's hinting at what this might be about. Right? Yeah, we don't know but anything then else about the. Film. I don't want to know. He gets out. It's symbolic. Like I he, mean, equally, he literally, Vince Gilligan, he literally and metaphorically, yeah, frees himself right, from I, the bonds I, of the story. Yeah, he's done. I think. That Breaking I don't Bad, want. I agree. I think Breaking Bad had a perfect ending. Yeah, I'd want, I'd want a movie from Vince Gilligan. I don't really want a Jesse Pinkman movie. No, you're totally right. Yeah. Fucking, I I want the Breaking Bad extended Mm. universe to be shut down. But
0: also, like, it's not as if they're retconning anything. Like, if you don't want to watch the movie, don't watch the movie. But, like... The other argument the is like, if Vince Gilligan wrote and directed the series, he's writing and directing this new movie, Jesse Binkman's one of the greatest characters, I think, in TV history, oh. it could very easily be good. Yeah, I want
1: to ask him... He could make
0: new characters along the way. And I, like, I
1: want to ask him why he's writing and directing this new well, movie.
0: I think that maybe he wanted to get another season, but he doesn't have enough ideas for a whole that, new that, season. No,
1: he explicitly did not want to get another season. Yeah, but well, all I mean Vince is Vince like, Gilligan wanted yeah. five seasons of Breaking Bad. Yeah.
0: Every every season of Breaking Bad, every couple of seasons of Breaking Bad, something fundamentally changes and it's like a whole new story, you know? But he so had... I mean, you could so definitely have like one little change like that and have a whole movie be about another little... Jesse
1: Pinkman doing something else. See, uh, yeah, but the argument... One of the reasons why Breaking Bad was good is because it never died a slow death. It He, he from, from season one, I'm pretty yeah. sure, he felt five seasons right or at least he had the whole start and end of the story and he yeah. said it's gonna start here it's gonna end here however many seasons we have in between if it's two if it's one if it's three fine but it's not gonna drag on into like its ninth fucking season yeah and then finish and i think that was a real strength of it because he basically made a movie that ran for 120 hours and that was what people fucking loved about it i don't want an extra hour and a half in, in that, yeah it was it was a hundred and twenty hour movie. I loved every second of it that I watched, yeah, I don't want any more of it
2: i I'm so afraid that I it will it is, be bad
1: I think it could be bad, I'm so afraid,
0: I also think it could be great
1: because honestly, if a movie like that is bad. It makes the rest of the series bad. No, I disagree. This rest of the series exists. I I know, I know but yeah. like, it just permanently—it's—it's—it's it's, it's it a leaves permanent Leaves a bit of bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, and I'm not gonna rewatch it because it won't be the same again. So like, yeah. yeah. Final. Also, I'm gonna start a new segment on this where I <laughs> single-handedly give an update on uh my one episode of The Sopranos that I watch a week.
0: <laughs> I don't mind that. Would that be good? I think that's a funny Would idea. Would that be good? Yeah. All right. And if it people, it has to be, so... it has to be the most stupidly short summary of the
1: episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and and people who like, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm about five episodes deep in the first season of The Sopranos, so you've got time to catch up. If you've never gone in on The Sopranos, or if mm. you're Pat and you're going to go in on a third time, <laughs> hi Pat, then I will start watching one episode a week, and <laughs> I will give an update. And you don't have to watch The Sopranos. Yeah, good. You can find out from me wh- <laughs> what happens episode by episode. Here's
0: what I want the episode uh, to be. It'll be like, season one, episode six, Paulie finally did rob that bank store. Episode was pretty good. Seven out of ten.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the most... <laughs> put, put a word limit on it. <laughs> Just
0: the mo- yeah, I want a 25 words or less total for the segment. Okay. If the segment
1: name is six words long, you lose six words, man. Maybe I've got like... Thirty seconds to describe the entire episode and capture as much information as I can.
0: I have a stopwatch and I just stop you. Yeah, and yeah, cut Yeah, up yeah, and yeah. And if I don't oh, make it, I don't make it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, hilarious. Yeah. All right,
1: we're doing that. No, no, we gotta tell people. <laughs> start, watching, <laughs> start watching. Start watching uh, the Sopranos. <laughs> start watching. Uh, the Sopranos. <laughs> start watching the Sopranos. I want. I want like tick, 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 tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah tick, You tick, can tick, have tick, the fucking yeah. Jeopardy theme <laughs> in the back of it. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. And then Tony goes. Another second appointment. He wants to fuck up. And then like. Now I gotta take time out of next week's episode to fill you (laughs) in on the end of this week's episode. Oh man. Well like (laughs) how about this? I have a collective six hours to fill people in on the entire six seasons. (laughs) And if I go overtime, people just never find out (laughs) how the Sopranos (laughs) ended. Yeah
0: that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> James a bit, bit more James Bond news and the cluster fuck that this final Daniel Jesus Craig movie is going to be. Um, they've pushed it back again. It's now good. Uh, it's now going to it's be coming out in twenty thirty. Yeah, it's now going to be never released. No, it's it's coming. It's coming out on the eighth of April in twenty twenty. Uh, and it's going to well, have that's before June. So yeah, and it's going to have a script rewrite from, and it's also before June. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to have a script rewrite done by. Uh, dude who wrote the Bourne Ultimatum? The Bourne movies are pretty good. No, the none Bourne of those
2: movies are bad. Yeah, the Bourne Ultimatum so. famously
0: one of the worst ones. <laughs> uh-uh. um, no, they're fine. They're all great. They're all really good. Um, so I look forward to seeing what happens with that.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, like, but it's getting. It
0: says here. It says here it is getting a quote massive rewrite.
1: Good. I. Absolutely, don't have any expectations for in the Bond series anymore. Like, yeah, I think no, it's just—it's such a crapshoot. It's shoot the so most be good fucked or... character. I mean,
0: recently, more of the Daniel Craig movies have been good than not. Oh, two of them have been just fine, and the other You've one's You've got
1: a great. sample size of like four. Yeah, like if I can find a fifty. It's a, it's a literally fifty yeah. fifty shot at this point. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's three out of four. Right, Quantum mm. of Solace is the only real
0: fucking. Final headline. Real shitter. Ready? I don't know whether this is a good one to end on or not. Let me
1: know what you think. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds jerks off on mic in Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Chris Detective Hems- Pikachu crosses over with the Sonic film.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, they're, they're making an R rated Ben 10 porn parody. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Never got into it. Good. Porn? Uh, <laughs> what's it like? <laughs> Here it is
1: <laughs> Should I go in?
0: <laughs> Where's the best place to start?
1: Where do you have to yeah, start? Do you, have to start for, do you have to start for the 70s? Because
0: to be honest all the, all the muff I'm not really into it But I feel like if I could skip through To like at least the early 90s I mean know it's all pixelated But I just think it would be a better place to get in When do the storylines get good? Yeah it's only pixelated
1: <laughs> if you go in on the Japanese shit It's kind of a different thing I wouldn't worry too much Is this by HBO
0: got it where it's less about the storylines and more just about the fucking? (laughs) See, this is all just boobs. Uh, This is like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, They're just ripping off the other industry. (laughs) Okay, so... um, (laughs) Actor Chris Hemsworth is set to star in a new Netflix movie starring as Hulk Hogan.
1: Jesus Christ! You need Netflix Hulk Hogan biopic. If Liam Hemsworth isn't in the film and Chris Hemsworth doesn't say "Hey, brother" to him, then well, that'll be a wasted opportunity. (laughs) The
0: upcoming biopic will be an origin story of sorts. With of sorts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah Hulk Hogan was born in a cave And yeah. learnt
1: jujitsu from well, the see, Dalai Lama That would be way better than if it was realistic
0: <laughs> what, like Way A, a
1: fictionalised surreal yeah. Oh man Nothing about wrestling is real <laughs> Nothing about any surrounding media about it should be real That'd be hilarious That'd be great <laughs> It's literally just Batman Begins Like the same script <laughs> But instead of any reference to Batman Instead it's Hulk Hogan and the bats are like, I don't know,
0: mustaches. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Join, join us next week as we review Debbie Does oh, Dallas. Oh, we're done. <laughs> yeah, we're going to view our favourite porn films of the last
1: 20 years. Yeah, yeah we're can, just going to do Basic Instinct. <laughs> uh. Beach Station,
0: the first 40 episodes of the end of the films, and then they just started watching porn. <laughs> 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 yeah. Live on air. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> oh God! Uh, and on Move th- on. <laughs> uh, and on that ex- on that exhausting bombshell, yeah. is it time to no, wrap I'm up spent. the show, boy? <laughs> 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 I'm
1: Andrew. Bye.
0: <laughs> Maybe we should put this at the start of the episode. We are on Spotify now. Like us on Facebook. Facebook mm, butt slum. I can't <laughs> wait. Oh to- <laughs> my god! Yeah, he did it again. <laughs> Facebook but slum slash. <laughs> <laughs> Beef Station Pod, Beef Pod. <laughs> different bar. consonants every week. <laughs> Beef Station Pod. Email us. This was a listener suggestion this week. Thank you very much to Beck for suggesting that we do this film. Mm. If you'd like to hear us cover one of your favorite films and hopefully not destroy it, uh, <laughs> or just talk about its socio-political messaging for twenty minutes, mm. um, uh, email us beefstationpod at gmail feel like or listener, message us on Facebook.
1: Listener Zach has given us like a shitload of suggestions. So Zach. Yeah, I hear you, buddy. We got a, we got a backlog. We'll get around to it.
0: But here's the thing: the listeners don't know that they, uh, we're just ignoring you. send in all, <laughs> send more emails. That's
1: true, but that's a that you, you're opening the curtain to give them a peek. Too much. That's too <laughs> much of a peek behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah,
0: follow us on Spotify if you want, if or literally any other podcast app. We're on all of them now. Let us mm. know if there's anything you like about the show. Anything that uh, would mean that you recommend it to more friends. Please yeah, recommend we, it to we, more we friends. We love
1: feedback. Also in the works. Physical media Physical media Stickers CDs but, uh, Stickers We're going to stick stickers around the place
0: Dude I've already copied this episode to like a thousand DVD-Rs <laughs> <back and> <laughs> <laughs> Oh no <laughs> Thanks for joining us I'm Oscar Andrew Have a good week